And another reminder that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place, and it's free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools, so you can record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. And they'll distribute your podcast for free. So you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. Just like us here at BraveMaker. Make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app today and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. Welcome to the Brave Maker Podcast, episode 17. I am Rebecca Mosa. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Tony Gapastone, recording on a shoot day, actually. Yes, we, <laughs> we snuck into a little room here to get these episodes out, and later um, we are going to be shooting... Can we say anything about it? Yeah, or? for sure. We're going to be doing a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> Written and directed by Tony Gapastone. Never mind. <laughs> say I, it. Come capazione. on. Say it. say it with some emphasis. Thank you. Thank I'm like, you. I'm just going to sound stupid, so I'll stop, but whatever. <laughs> hey, this is why we're here, to put ourselves out there. So yeah. regardless of what you all think, we're, we're doing it. But yeah, doing a horror film tonight. And I was telling Rebecca, like, we were texting back and forth a million different details this week. I'm like, can we take 15 minutes and do a bunch of intros? Because we have a bunch of backlogged podcasts to put out. So... Um, the crew is lighting right now. We've got people setting up uh, camera and shots and you're doing wardrobe and all that stuff. People are going to be here and, you know, the cast is coming in like an hour and a half. But I said, let's just make it happen. So we're here to give you some binge listening. Yeah. Yeah. So we're actually going to put out, I think I'm going to try to have three episodes out this week. So uh, you'll get our, the first episode of The Binge is coming today on July 25th. And it is... My good friend, Jeremy Ray Valdez. So I was just in LA last week and I brought my podcast equipment and we ducked into a cafe. It was really fun. I don't know if you saw a picture or Instagram. We just pull out the things and did the drive-through teller, you know, thing on the the edge (laughs) of a a table in this little um, uh, Hancock Park cafe called Twist. And it was super fun. It was funny because... Uh, a couple of people like looked at us and we kind of gave them a little head nod. I had my Brave Maker sticker. <laughs> and then afterwards, this guy said, do you want us to take a picture of you? We're like, sure. So he took a picture. It was pretty funny. If there's one thing that you're good at doing, Tony, is making it happen. Come Regardless on, Regardless right? of the situation, oh, the location, gosh. no matter what. What were you in L.A. for? To a fault. Uh, so my film, The Interview, that I produced, written directed by Nate Duncan, was premiering. It's had its L.A. premiere. Nice. At the L.A. Shorts Fest, which was super cool. You know, being that we're doing the Brave Maker Fest, it's always cool to go to other film festivals. And speaking of, I found two shorts that I love oh, at really? that festival. Nice. Yeah. Are they going to submit? One of them already did. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow, it's crazy to think we're getting film submissions already, like... We have two, I think. I, yeah, I saw one, so yeah. now we have two. That, what? Yeah, so by the way, Brave Maker Film Festival 2020, yes. the dates are out, and you can submit your features and your shorts and your comedies and your dramas and your horrors to <laughs> the Brave Maker Film Fest. It's, it's coming up May, coming up, but it's going to be May 15 <laughs> to the 17th, so three days in, in May 2020, and submissions are open on Film Freeway, so go check it out. So today you're in for a treat, because not only is Jeremy my friend, but he's an actor, writer, producer. He's on The Bold and the Beautiful as mm. Detective Sanchez. And if you hashtag him, he's Detective Hottie. That's what his fans Are have you named serious? him. Yeah, hashtag I'm look that up. <laughs> Detective Hottie. <laughs> so we talked for a good uh, almost an hour just about how we connected his story, the ups and downs, what he's learned along the way, all the, the projects he's done, how he's had to deal with rejection and that kind of stuff. And it was really fun. So. Enjoy. Brave stories change the world. You are the story. And I'm on that little gun shooting around the little TIE fighters. We're in like a starfighter or what are those called? Uh, uh, X-wing fighter? No, the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon, yeah. Cool. That was Jeremy Valdez just giving a Star Wars reference. I'm going to put a little sticker out on the table so people walk by, they know what we're doing. Okay. Feel official? 
Are we on? We're on. It's oh, recording. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Right there. Do you need to clear your throat or take a drink of water? Mm, <laughs> I just finished eating a really phenomenal um, oatmeal raisin cookie, so I'm just kind of. So if you hear me kind of swallowing, that's what that is. You feel slightly healthy because it was oatmeal raisin? Not at all, because it was way too good. <laughs> well, hey, Brave Makers, Tony Gapastone here, and I'm with a good friend of mine. We're in Los Angeles, which feels um, super like the vibe where I'm looking. I'm in the cafe called Twist, by the way. Yeah, right? super Hollywoody kind of. And we're in Ec- Hancock Park. Hancock Park, yeah. Hancock Park, which is like a like trend, trendy hipster area. No, not it's really. Not? It's what more, is it? It's more like old Hollywood money is, old how, I would, Hollywood. is okay. how I would... Um, Describe it. Okay. So Jeremy Valdez, a.k.a. Jeremy Ray Valdez, and I met in 2014. And because he was cast in my very, very, I mean, it's not my first, but I call it my first real film, Mm -hmm, my short mm -hmm. film uh, with him and Loretta Devine. Oh, yeah. And so that's five years. So we've been connected five years in August. Wow. Pretty cool. That went by quick. Went by quick. Half a decade. Yeah. So let's go back. <laughs> that, that's my yeah. That's my sound effect. Uh, flashback. So, how did we? How, what do you remember from that experience? From how? I mean, I called your agent. I think I stalked you somehow. Yeah, I'm not sure how you knew about me, but um, uh, I don't remember. At least I'm sure you told oh, me. La Mission. Oh, a movie I, I did saw you La in La Mission in San Francisco. Yep. And um, so I had worked with Loretta Devine on. Oh my God! What was the name of that TV show I did? I worked with her on. Oh, um, oh, Boston Public. Boston Public, yes. It's TV One show of my that was favorites. on a long time ago. And um, I just thought she was so cool, and I've always been a fan of hers. And my agent said, hey, this director reached out, and he has a short film that they're shooting in Redwood City, California. Um, do you want to do it? I'm like, do a short film? No. <laughs> Why? And, she, and then she's like, oh, but Loretta Devine is going to be in it. It's going to be starting. And I was like, oh, well, um, <laughs> well, if she agreed to do it, it must be really good. And um, so I read it and I was like, oh, no, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I'll totally go do it. And because uh, sometimes you do these like short films and people ask all the time, you know, we're, we, we can we can feed you lunch and then you can do a short film. And I'm like, but you get asked that so many times. Yeah. And um so you have to kind of limit yourself and really, you know, pick and choose the, the right short films, something you get really passionate about. And I read your short film, and I was like, oh, yeah, this could be good. And so I went up and did it with you guys and had a blast and really liked you uh-huh. and enjoyed working with you. And I think mostly enjoyed our conversations and talking about real things. And you're mm-hmm. a curious guy, and you mm-hmm. ask questions. And, um, you know, I, in the past five years, I think... Both of us have kind of gone through some ups and downs, not just in our careers, yeah. but in our lives, in our in our marriages, in our um, health. I know I've had I had a health scare um, like three years ago with a um, some cysts on my pancreas, and you know I, I turned to Tony, I, I turned Tony, I turned to you to um, you know to pray with me about it and to to talk about it with me because I was super scared and mm-hmm. some other things. And so it wasn't just our relationship isn't just about, um, you know, filmmaking. Yeah. It's, it, it's turned into something that's better than that. Um, and then you also, um, I asked you to baptize my son. Yeah. To be the, to yeah. lead the, the baptism. And um, that was a big thing for me because I, I really wanted it to be a special person and somebody who understood me and my beliefs and, and the things that I'm passionate about. And I was like... Tony's going to do it. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> and it was a killer event. And, and we actually even had it at your aunt and yeah. uncle's house <laughs> here in L.A. Dude, it's crazy when I think about it. Because, again, five years ago, trying to make a short film, trying to get legitimate actors, you know, like calling mm-hmm. an agent, like, can I get this person? And then finding you. Uh, it's funny because I remember thinking, like, you guys are actors. You you are these kind of subhuman people, right? But this is what I remember, too. I felt like when we clicked... And we actually, I realized we were more than just like director and actor. We were going to be friends when the, the short, the f- film had finished. And uh, I think I had someone else taking you because we had, we had to get drivers for the actors, pick them up, drop them off. And, <laughs> and I like, I got you got your ride and everything. He's like, can you take me to the airport? I was like, first of all, I'm like, what? Like me? Take you to the airport? But then I'm like, oh wait, this is actually, 
an opportunity to have a relationship. And we got bagels. Do you remember that? We got yeah. bagels in Redwood City. Because you told me, you're like, oh, I can, I'm looking for somebody to take you to the airport. I'm like, oh, I thought you'd take me to the airport. And you're like, oh, you want me to take, yeah, let's stop and grab some breakfast. You're yeah. like, cool. So, yeah. That was cool, dude. I don't think it would have connected with me if I didn't do that. Which So I look back and go, like, the relational piece of doing, being creative in the film industry it's like you want to work with people that you like. You want to do right. things with people, and the cool, the funny thing is, so we we obviously we connected, you know, over that year. I would come to LA and we'd visit, and then I think it was like the second year, we both were kind of doing something similar about like maybe complaining and frustrating about lack of opportunities, and uh, mm-hmm. I was trying to get projects done. You're trying to get projects done. You're doing more than acting. You're producing da da da, and then all of a sudden, I felt like it was almost this divine wake up call, like wait, there's a guy who I like, who is creative, who we both have similar passions. We're in similar places in life. Right. Why don't we do something together? And then all of a sudden we started dreaming writing. about projects and writing together. Well, I had always wanted to write. And I guess I just didn't have the, uh, I was insecure about it. I'm like, and I think a lot of people, a lot of creative people are like that. They're like, oh man, I want to be an actor, but I can't say that to people because they'll think, they'll tell me I can't do it or people will laugh at me. And it was, you know, I felt that way about acting years and years ago when I first wanted to do it. I was afraid to tell people about it. But as far as writing, I'd always wanted to write. And I had these like lists of ideas and, and I'd try and tell people, oh man, I have some ideas and people would kind of not listen to me sure. or be like, eh, whatever. Yeah, cool. Because everybody's in their own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I I talked to you about it. I was like, man, how do you become a writer? Because I knew you'd been writing not just um, your short films, but you had some feature film scripts. Mm-hmm. And um, how, do you, how did you learn how to do this? And I was, Because I read your feature film scripts and I was like, oh man, these are good. He's like, he's a real writer. How, how do I get, you know, how can I get to do this? And, um, I pitched you the idea of Spinners, yeah, which is a, a feature film comedy about the guys who spin signs on the corner, corners of the streets, kind of, you know, and, and you thought it was a good idea, and I said, I really, I had the idea kind of all laid out, and I pitched it to you, and you're like, well, your script's kind of there, man, and you helped me write it, and we wrote it together, and, and you taught me about creating the character arcs, and the you know the the three act structure and and you gave me stuff to read and podcast to listen to <laughs> and really taught me and I learned a lot during that that process and that gave me confidence to you know write the the we've written two other pi- half hour comedy pilots and then it gave me confidence to write my own first feature film mm-hmm. script so that yeah we definitely linked and connected on that level so if there are any producers or <laughs> financiers out there we have some projects to pitch you no I love that dude I think that's a cool staple of the conversations we like to have on the podcast is how do you conquer your fears how do you make your stuff come to life what are some of the the sensors mm-hmm. you have to get over like the negative self-talk all the oh, lies yeah. that we believe about ourselves and what, um, Austin Cleon you know he gave uh, yeah. Tony <laughs> sends me books all the time and that's one thing because I'm a voracious reader and, and he sent me the first Austin Cleon book what, what, Steal Like an Artist Steal Like an Artist and, yep. and I was like oh wow that's okay and I took a lot of those tips yep. because we are we're so insecure and even the people you think are insecure are eat up with it. I mean that you think are secure are eat up with insecurities mm-hmm. and that includes myself sure. and when I tell people that like people I end up letting into my life I'm like I'm scared to death all the freaking time yeah. about being an actor or producer or writer you know and then I have friends that are you know that have won Oscars and been on huge shows, huge movies, producers, directors, actors, writers, whatever, and they all say the same thing. And I'm looking at them. Oh my God, you're at the pinnacle yeah. of the of your career, and you're still scared yep. every day. Everybody's yep. scared, and it's yep. like, how do you get over that? And how do you um, get through that? And and still go for your passion. And that's what we deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It never goes away. That's, like, I think, the cool thing about... Oh, you hear about Meryl Streep. Who's, every time sure. she starts a movie, she's like, I'm, I'm on my way to set the first, first day of work, and I want to run home because I can't do this. There's yeah. no way I can do this. Yeah, agreed. I think the whole idea of you can't be brave unless you're scared is so true. So being scared is actually a really good thing. It's, it's, a, it's the beginning of a good story, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you jump in. Like, you got to make through it. you got to make it happen. All right, so let's go back to... 
you are not originally going to be an actor. You were actually in school for right. business and finance. Well, my dad is an investment banker, and he wanted me to go into that. And I was like, well, I want to impress my dad. So I went to University of Arizona, and I got a degree in finance. And then I went to go work for Merrill Lynch. And I worked for them for about nine months. I was eat up with panic attacks and anxiety attacks and depression because I knew, I was like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? You know, this is going to be my life, and I hate this with all my heart and soul. I hate this. All I want to do, because I also play music, all I want to do is move to L.A., become an actor, play music, and um, and be a photographer. And um, finally, I, I quit my job at Merrill Lynch after nine months, broke the news to my parents. My dad was really upset with me. My mom was a little more like... Oh, mijito, what are you doing? There's not going to... My mom doesn't really talk about talk like that. But she's, you know, what are you doing? You, there's no security in that. And you need to get stay with your job because you have a, you're making a lot of money. And, you know, you have benefits. And what are you going to do when you get to Hollywood? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I just literally put everything I own into a, a little U-Haul, hooked up my car behind it, and drove it out here. Moved into an apartment um, up on um, right below Runyon Canyon, the corner of Fuller and Franklin. And sat there with no TV or nothing, no furniture, and just sat in the, in a little tiny apartment saying, I'm here. Holy crap, what did I do? How do mm-hmm. I get started? Yeah, so what did you do? How did you start that? <laughs> well, people ask me that all the time because I go, you know, whether I go and talk to, like, um, at universities, talk to acting students or at high schools, you know, or at acting workshops and classes or people coming up to me on the street people that are just starting out in this business and they're like, oh, Jeremy, how did you get started? What can I do? How do I get an agent like you? Or how do I get in movies and TV? And I'm like, I have the weirdest story. Like I have a really, you know, it's offbeat how I, how it ended up happening for me. Um, it was kind of serendipitous, I guess. I, I ran into this girl that I knew from college out here. Her name is Miley Weigel. And she was in this, this was like, uh, at the end of 1999, beginning of 2000. And um, and she was, like, uh, in this girl group. This was, like, when the Spice Girls and all that stuff. And this, okay. I can't remember the name of the group, but they were hitting. They were big. They were, like, on the radio and on tours. And, she's, and she ended up, I ended up hanging out with her and going to all these, like, industry parties and, and stuff like that. And she took me to this industry party, and I can't remember where it was. But um, I met her manager, this guy named Scott Carlson. And... Um, and he just introduced himself to me. We ended up talking all night and hanging out. And he's like, he's like, are you an actor? I'm like, um, well, uh, I want to be. <laughs> I just got here. I want to be. He's like, well, you know, why don't you come to my office on Monday and we can talk about this? Now, had you done community theater or any kind of production stuff? Nothing. No. Nothing. Well, I did like a um, theater appreciation class in college. And that was, that was my only link. But I've been on the stage since I was a kid because I started playing music, music when right. I was eight. Yeah. Jeremy's um, a really great guitar player. And played in a lot of bands and, and things like that. But uh, so I was like, why does this dude want me to go to his office? And that's kind of all he left it at. And Monday morning, uh, I went to his office and he said, he said, hey, look, man. And he had a really nice office and this, you know, worked for a big company. And he's like. Like an agency company? A no, manager? he's a manager. Manager, manager. And they gotcha. manage like big bands, really big actors. Okay. And um, he's like, you don't have a career to manage. Mm. He's like, but mm-hmm. I like you. I think you're cool. I think your look is cool. He's like, I think you can work. Um, here's what I'm going to do for you. I can't be your manager because there's nothing to manage. Um, he's like, I'm going to get you an acting coach. I'm going to find you an agent. And I'm going to get you headshots. And then you're going to be on your way. And I'm like, why are you doing this for me? Like, what do, what do I need to do for you? And he's like, nothing, dude. He's like, you're just a cool guy. And That's I want to cool. help you out. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Rare. And I, yeah, Very and, and rare. this whole yeah, but in this whole city, you're gonna find out in this in this this industry that people are not like that. Mm-hmm. People get caught up in themselves. People um, they want to look out for number one, and you get you know um, it's it's I liken it to like a squirrel who hoards nuts. Like like you you have this like limited amount of social currency, and you want to save it for yourself. You're not really a lot of people aren't willing to put it out there for other people. Um, and so he did. He put me in an acting class. He um, sent me on meetings to go meet with agents. I got a commercial and a theatrical agent. Um, How long did that take before you got your first commercial? Commercial or, or the agent? Commercial. Well, either one, both. Oh, um, God, well, I, I, went, I signed with KSA. They're, not, they're now called KSR. 
um, across the board. So as a as um you know, they were my commercial agents and my theatrical agents, Mara Santino, who's now a big manager at Luba Rockland, and um, and she signed me as a theatrical client. Um, I just remember walking into her office. This was crazy, and she had all these headshots of her clients on her on the on, wall. On the wall. Yeah. And they were all so good looking. I'm like, what? Mm. I cannot. What? I'm totally out of my depth. Like, mm. you know, whoa, this is too much. Like, there's no way she'll even look at me. And she's like, she's like, I'm gonna sign you, and then I'm, cool. gonna, I'm gonna get you working. And um, so, side note for people listening who are unfamiliar with, so you do not pay an agent or a manager no. unless you get work. Exactly, nope. they make yeah. money when you That's make right. money. If you go, if there's, I know there's all these little things that are out there where people, um, they want you to come to these things where they say, oh, mm. we have, we know agents, and agents are going to be there. You have to pay X, Y, Z dollars. Every scam, one of those right? things are a scam. Yeah. And I see people get caught up in them all the time. Don't do it. If somebody comes up to you and said, oh, um, come to our thing, there's going to be modeling agents there, it's a scam. But you have to yeah. pay $150, it's a scam. Yeah. Anyway, so... Um, but yes. the headshots, you pay for your own headshots. Usually an agent and a manager does not pay no, for No, you pay headshots. for your own headshots, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you find a good headshot photographer. Yep. Um, don't... If your friend is a decent <laughs> photographer and they have a really great DSLR and they think they can do headshots... No. <laughs> I, I mean, go to find, invest the money in your career. Yep. Don't be cheap with your career. You know, find a good headshot photographer. It's about 500 bucks for a good session, right? You can do lower than that. You can do like four, 300 to, yeah, okay. to 400 and okay. get like three or four looks yep. with, with a really good photographer. Yeah. Um, Which is not a bad deal. No, right? like, it's a write-off anyways. Yep. But, um, and it's an investment in your career. Yep. So don't, yeah, or someone's going to take their my headshots with their iPhone in their backyard. No, don't do that. Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recommend that because casting directors, agents, producers, they know that right off the bat. And you yep. just look kind of like an amateur. amateur. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, I, I was studying. Uh, I ended up studying with not just one, but like three or four different um, uh, acting coaches. Which is more money and investment. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, you um, saved that Merrill Lynch money, though. No, I well, kind of a <laughs> little bit. But what I was also doing was kind of working all these little crazy, crappy, odd jobs. And I was a valet parker. I was hosting at restaurants. I was delivering flowers. Um, and I got fired from every one of these jobs, by the way, just to let you know. Um, <laughs> Probably because you went on an audition, right? Or, one, or something. I went to Vegas. Some I just didn't show up. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but no, I did all these little hustle jobs. And I would piece money together, and and I ended up sharing that little one-bedroom apartment with two other guys. You know, we were crammed in there. One was a who's a, a big country music singer now, and the other was a. Was that Travis? No, uh, Waylon Payne. Okay. Who was in Walk the Line with okay. Joaquin Phoenix? He slept on my floor in my bedroom, uh-huh. and um, now he's a big songwriter and actor. And but. Uh, you know, and, and then, yeah, I studied and studied and studied, started going out on commercial auditions and theatrical auditions when I felt I was ready and uh, well, when my agent felt I was ready. And I think it was probably, I'd been here probably about four months, maybe five months, and I booked a McDonald's commercial. Uh, no, no, no. It was a Coca-Cola commercial, and we shot it at Six Flags. And I remember my first residual check came, and it was $10,000. And I was like, Whoa. oh, my And I called gosh. my agent up, and I'm like, is this a mistake? They're like, no. And this is when commercials used to pay a lot of yeah. money. And then I booked a McDonald's, and I booked, like, an AT&T, and, all, you know, all, a ton of network national commercials. And then I started working theatrically. The first thing I did was a guest star on this um, show called The Brothers Garcia where I played a character named Butter, who was oh my he was so smooth. He was like Butter. Oh, my gosh. And um, he was like a wannabe uh, music manager or something like that. It was a lot of fun, and I thought... So my first day, I show up to set, and I didn't know... Like, I knew about acting class. I'd been in acting class for a little while, and but I didn't know, like, about marks and, you know, how the process went because I'd never been on a film blocking, or television. Yeah, sides, that. all those lanes. And, I, and language. I'm there like, okay, it's time for blocking. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go ahead and block. I don't know. And I'm just standing there. And then I just start doing what everybody else is doing and terrified inside, literally yeah. like shaking. Yeah. And they're like, okay, rehearsal's done. Let's let's um, let's shoot your first scene, Jeremy. And, you know, your mark's right here, blah, blah, blah. 
and then you know you have to say and what you have to do and then and then right before they said action you know and mark they put the little clapper down and i'm like i have no idea what i'm about to do i, I don't know and everybody else around me has been doing this forever and i'm like yeah. uh, it's so nerve-wracking just fake it till you make it. it and i i really literally the fight or flight instinct happened and i was like i can run out of here right now and just get my car and drive back home because i'm scared to death and I just bit down, and they said action, and I did it. And they said, cut, going again. Yep. And then I was like, oh, my God, I did it. I did it. I'm, I'm an actor. I'm go, a real actor. Go back to one. You're yeah. like, wait, what's one? Yeah. What's that mean? What's that? Yeah. And then I, uh, I was like, I, can't, I just did it. I, I did it, everybody. And, um, yeah, I worked on that show, and I just it was like a drug for me. Like, I, I got I to gotta work again. I got to do this again. This is so cool. This is so much fun. Oh, my God. And I... And I just started working right away, kind of, and booked a lot of things. And uh, things started pretty quickly because four months is not a lot of time. No, that's why it's I say like my story, the way I got an agent, not the way fair. I got representatives, the way I started working, is very not typical. Not common. Okay, but this is the interesting part. So you had quick success. Yeah. You and this is in what year? This when did this all, all start? St- like two thousand two. Okay, is when so two thousand two, really- which was great because that was like. The golden time of indie film too, so there was oh, yeah. film like people were like you said people were booking commercials, and commercials still pay pretty good when you book a commercial. But back then, yeah, there like was only forty, sixty thousand dollars yes. for a big network national yeah, because there wasn't that many channels, there wasn't that many right. networks, and now there's so many different channels and ways and streaming and stuff, advertising commercials. They're doing a lot of non-union less. commercials yep, is exactly. the problem. So you got so 2002. You have a pretty good run of about ten years. Oh yeah, of doing about, a lot of stuff. To like yeah, 2010, and I did. I starred in two movies back to back that premiered at Sundance, to you know like accolades and yep. reviews. I got to you know like the first lady flew me to the White House to go hang out with which me, first lady? Michelle Obama. What I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, she she. Uh, the Obamas saw La Mission, saw the film, and um, she asked if I could go um, do a charity event with her. And she flew me out there and got to meet with her and hang out with her and do this charity event with her and stuff. And yeah, and I got to do two years back to back at Sundance, and I was like, oh, every movie I'm going to do is, is crazy. At so, yeah, so I know some people are listening and they're, they hate you right now uh, because they're hearing, <laughs> like, that is like what every filmmaker, actor dreams of is having a film go to Sundance. You had two of them. And they were back-to-back. Yeah, yes. back-to-back years. So me. for those who haven't seen those films, give a quick little summary of them. Oh, that's, uh, they were so La provocative. Mission, and right. La Mission is kind of like the film that really did a lot for me. I, up until that moment, that point, I had done a lot of television and uh, guest starring and pilots and things. Some pilots that didn't get picked up. But, you know, a lot of guest starring work. And, um, and I did this movie, La Mission, where I played Benjamin Bratt's gay son, growing up in the Mission District in San Francisco. And um, it's like a father-son story, and uh, he was a hardcore, like, Chicano guy. And and that that movie really got a lot of traction, and people loved it. And um, it opened up a lot of discussion, I think, in the Latin community as Mm -hmm. far as the Latin LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so, yeah, that did a lot for me. And then the, um, that next year, I, I booked this movie called All She Can that came out in theaters that um, premiered at Sundance. And it was about um, a female power lifter in high school in West Texas. And um, for those of you who don't know, power lifting is a big sport in high school for females in Texas. And I didn't know that. <laughs> but it was an interesting movie, and I played the male lead in it. And... Uh, that movie didn't do as much for me, but people the, saw the it. the one that went to Sundance? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And, and then I, I, I booked a lot of films off of people just offering me films because they liked sure. those movies. Yeah. And I mean, I found you through La Mission, which is yeah. fun. And, um, yeah, and I had, a, I had a lot of success for a long time. What was that award you won? Oh, I won an Imahin Award, a Best Supporting Actor. What's it called again? Imahin Award. Imahin. Which is... Um, you know, uh, it, it was pretty cool. Uh, I beat up Jimmy Smith and Martin Sheen, which is pretty neat. Um, so but, you're, you're at the top of your game. That's around 2010, 2011. What are we now? This is 2019. We met in 2014. Uh, probably like 20, 
13. Okay. Yeah. And then what happened? Then I just, things, like, I did, like, four movies in a row that really didn't do much. Okay. That I was the lead of. And I kind of got, I was kind of, um, didn't want to do TV anymore. I just wanted to do film. So I kind of ignored a lot of those auditions and those opportunities and um, didn't feel like auditioning for some things because I was like, oh, I don't really want to do that. I just want to do film. Um, this is what I'm really passionate about. I had a bunch of money. Uh, I, I ended up doing this thing called The Rookie. So I was on 24 for a minute at show 24, and they did a spinoff of 24 called The Rookie, and I was that character, right? Mm-hmm. So it ended up becoming the first like big web series that Fox did. And it was in conjunction with Degree Deodorant. So I got to be the face of degree deodorant for like two years. Which is huge. Yeah, I did 24 national commercials for them and made boatloads of money. So I wasn't thinking, I wasn't a starving artist anymore thinking like, oh, man, I got to book this because I got to pay rent. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I, you know, I just want to do films. I'm going to wait for interesting stuff to come around. Well, I did like four movies um, in the course of like a year and a half, two years, that didn't really end up doing much. Um, people liked them, but they didn't blow up the way I thought they would. And yeah, it was just a time where for quite a few years where I'd work sporadically, and, um, it, but it was hard. And um, That hurt you in your career in some way? Oh, yeah. I think so, definitely. Because people, when, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. When you're guest starring on everything and everybody, your name's coming up in meetings all the time at networks and in studios, then, um, then you know, when you're hot, people, it's funny because if you watch that show Entourage, there's a scene where um, Vinnie Chase asks Ari Gold, do you think I'm talented? And, and Ari Gold said, I don't represent talent, buddy. I represent heat, and you're hot. Uh. And, that's, and that's true. Like, there's a lot... Age, a lot of agents and managers and people in this, you know, they're, they're looking for what's going to sell and what is yeah, hot at that sure. moment. And that's what they really push. And you were selling a lot of stuff for a while. You were selling a lot of deodorant for a long time. <laughs> deodorant, <laughs> a bunch of different stuff. But these shows, and it's not their fault. Yeah. You know, it's my fault because I had turned down opportunities because, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I think there was part there's times where I thought I was better than that. Mm. Like I got a little too big for my britches maybe. And, um, yeah, that hurt me. Yeah. Um, but I still studied and I was still working on my craft because I really want to be a good actor. Yeah. I really, I, you know, I see guys like Daniel Day Lewis or Kate Blanchett and I think, God, man, they're, they're freaking Michael Jordan, you know, and I'm like some JV basketball player and Mm. I just want to be, in that and you know to be able to to play with them Mm -hmm. and so yeah and I did some things sporadically here and there and and um now it but the thing is so yeah how'd you how'd you handle the 2013 2014 like space 15 of nothing no auditions like just felt like you were I'd have some auditions here and there um I fired my manager and uh you know went through these different managers and and agents and just like I felt like what am I doing what am I still doing out here? I'm not booking work maybe one project a year and um, how did I deal with it it was hard yeah. it was really hard like it, my ego was was pretty crushed my um, my sense of self because we you know we, when we're passionate about what we do we tend to really wrap ourselves up in these things, right? Yeah. That's where we get our self-worth from. Yeah. And I really noticed, oh, God, yeah, I do. I get my self-worth from this. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. If your identity is wrapped up in yeah. your acting and you're not acting, do you have an what identity? Am I? Yeah. What am I? Yeah. And um, I'd been playing for the same band also for like 11 years. And I had to quit that band because I was doing movies back to back and I couldn't be in it. So then at that point, I didn't have a band to play in. I didn't. I wasn't really acting that much. I was auditioning here and there, um, and I was also going through a phase that I'm that I'm just now coming out of, where I was in my twenties playing teenagers. Uh-huh. You know, I was in my mid twenties playing teenagers. I was in my thirties playing teenagers. <laughs> I just looked young for a long time, and I yeah. still do look young. I don't yeah. look my age. Yeah. But even when you know, I booked you, you were playing like a twenty-something. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I was in my, I was, I was in my, but, um, you know, and to make that transition. He's 73, just so you know. Yeah. Um, but a lot of actors don't make that transition from, yeah. from playing, a, from when you're a kid to playing an adult. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've had to struggle with as well. Well, Jeremy, he doesn't play 20 anymore, yeah. but he doesn't play 30s. Yeah. You know, what are we going to do with him? Yeah, we can't cast him as a dad because he's known as this young kid role. Right. So. And he doesn't quite look like a dad yet. Yep, yep. Um, so, yeah, man, uh, it, it's been a struggle. It, it was for a while, and and um, but I stayed creative. I stayed creative as a, you know, writing and I produced a film that I also starred in that I ended up selling to a TV network. Um, Dreamer. Dreamer, yeah. And, um, Which is actually so relevant today. Oh, yeah. You all, should, you all should look up that film. And is it on iTunes? Can people find it? Um, God, right this minute, I'm not sure where you can find it, but uh, dreamerfilm.com. Yeah. I know there's clips of it on, uh, excuse me, on YouTube. There's yeah. Clips. Um, but yeah, it's about an undocumented immigrant um, living here in the United States and what he's what he struggles with and how uh, you know how he struggles about being deported etc mm-hmm. it's, it's i think it's more timely now than when yeah, we when for... we released it but um yeah so well yeah i struggled for a long time and now i i'm married i have a son who's griffin who's a year and a half years old one and a half years old such cutest little stud ever this kid and then i just yeah, he's the man. <laughs> chewing my furniture apart, but he's the man. Uh, you know, and I just, you figure out what's important. And that's what I've really had to do is take a step back. And also living in the moment, I've learned that. I used to book projects, be on that project, and not be thinking about that project. Be thinking, okay, what's next? What's, what's next? next? What's yeah. next? Call my agent. Cool, I'm on this. I don't care. I booked it. I'm working on it. It's done for me. Whatever. What's the next thing? And now when I work, every time I work, I'm I'd like look up at God and the universe, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be Mm -hmm. here. I'm so grateful for all these creative people that I'm surrounded about, surrounded by, because this isn't guaranteed, man. Like this acting thing is not guaranteed when it comes really easy for you in the beginning. You think, oh, like, dude, I'll be doing this forever. I'll be hot forever. And then, and then it can be, it can just go away. Yeah. Yeah. It can go away. And, uh, the money or even like, the fame, whatever, which is, I don't know. I never knew how to, people coming up to me and asking for my picture or autograph or stuff like that never really did much for me. But, um, yeah, but I just, just being grateful, man, be grateful in that moment and no matter what it is. Uh, but for me now it's when I get to work, I'm like, Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. I just, I just, you know, I've been on the show for, um, a year and a year and a half. And I'm so grateful to be on, on the show. And I the just, show being, oh, uh, the Bold and the Beautiful. So I played Detective Alex Sanchez on the Bold and the Beautiful. And you can hashtag Detective Hottie on Twitter. Yeah, and Instagram. He's known as Detective Hottie. But That's his uh, nickname. The, yeah, the most watched show in, in the world, which is I had no idea. I'd oh yeah, they dub you in Italian. Oh, all these it, different. It's in it's in more countries than any other show in the world. It's a primetime show in Europe. So cool, Prime, dude. It's like the biggest show in Italy, which is crazy to me. In France, it's a huge show. In Italy, it's just called Beautiful. That's the name of the show. Beautiful. That's great. All right. So, but, um, no pressure on keeping your appearance. But you should follow Jeremy on Instagram because he'll occasionally post stuff, you know, when he's on set so, yeah. or it's, just other clips when he catches things in Italian. It's so funny, it's dude. At it's at Jeremy Ray Valdez on Instagram. We'll put that in the show notes, too. But, um, yeah, every day I'm on set there. I'm like, thank you so much. And I, I just finished doing a, a Christmas movie that I wrapped... Um, like a month ago and every day I was on is it going to be out this Christmas or next Christmas I, I think it's going to be out this Christmas oh, it's called cool. the 12 Pups of Christmas the 12 Pups yeah. did you get to hang out with puppies oh yeah puppies everywhere on the oh set. my gosh I didn't know <laughs> that Lizzie Small who's been in a lot she's a young actress who's been in a lot of things you totally recognize her um, my daughters are going to be loving this then it's Donnie a, it's Boaz who's in that show um, Six about the SEAL Team Six he's in it with me but just uh, Michael Pfeiffer directed who does a lot of really cool movies but That's you know cool. and every day I'm on set I'm just like thank you God thank you for allowing me to do this and for me to make money doing this and get to act and get to be creative and I don't look for the next thing when I'm on set I focus on that and I'm just like 
yeah. just being grateful, yeah, man. That's cool. And I wake up grateful. I, you know, I get to, I get to drive to CBS every day and and get to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And um, for all of you that don't know, daytime television is some of the hardest acting, the hardest work you will ever have to do. I think if you're a, if you are a a uh, actor that's starting out, I recommend everybody to. Um, to audition for and hopefully book something on day t- daytime TV, even if it's a one-day guest star, uh, one-day co-star, whatever it is, or even if you're, you're doing extra work, go try and get some extra work, extra work on a daytime show. And I'll tell you why. Because I think it is the perfect, the perfect place to learn how to, how to show up prepared and, and do your best work and under a lot of pressure. Because I've never had to learn so many lines in my life mm-hmm. and be on, you know, be just on. Yeah. And these guys have amazed me. When I got to, when I first day I got there, I was like, oh my God, these actors are amazing. They, they work really, really, really hard. And they work four days a week, two weeks on, one week off. Um, because it is a lot for you. I mean, the memorization is insane. Now when I show up to a set and somebody doesn't know their lines, I look at them like, you unprepared goofball. <laughs> I had, the day after my son was born, I had 40 pages of dialogue. That's four zero. Um, yesterday, I had 25 pages of dialogue to memorize, to learn. And, you, you know, we shoot, it's multi-cam, so, you don't, so there's four cameras going at once. And you only get one or two takes, and you have to hit your marks and you have to be prepared because they will drop you like a hot rock. Yeah. And um, I remember, dude, when we were when you first got that gig like a year and a half ago or two years ago. Um, I love that you're promoting it in such a really passionate way because I think what you're saying is huge. Like people don't recognize the work that goes into acting in general. Number one, everyone thinks they can do it. I can oh, do yeah. that. Anyone can do it. But soap opera has a reputation on set for being super grueling. With oh, yeah. how many pages they do, like on a normal TV show or a film, you're doing maybe six pages, at least for film, six pages a day sometimes, depending, sure. even less on that, but 40 pages a day. But I remember one time I had, uh, you had, I had texted you something like, I'm going to, I guess I'll start watching soap operas now or something like that. I had made some sort of funny little comment and you said, hey, dude, this is my job. I take this seriously. Yeah. And I remember going, oh, shoot. Because I, I, it almost came off like, because people could say, oh, a soap opera, like what's the, like whatever, like what? Do something better. Oh, you're on a soap or something like that. Yeah. People that say that have never tried to do it. Yeah. So um, one of my really good friends is an actress named Gina Rodriguez. Tony knows this. And she is one of the hardest working people in showbiz. She has, she's the star of a show that's ending right now called Jane the Virgin, but she's also producing and starring in other shows, movies, blah, 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 directing shows. And right before she booked Jane, she was on The Bold and Beautiful. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, she did, I think, like, 25 episodes or 20 episodes. Oh, that's cool. And I remember her telling me, like, this is serious, Jeremy. Yeah. And when she booked it, I was like, God, you're doing a soap, really? Because yeah. yeah. people, I don't know why, but people tend to look down on it sometimes. Sure, and, sure. And, but the people that have done it, or because if you look at the, the number of huge movie stars or TV stars that so have been on. So many of them have come from right. soap operas. So the girl, one of the girls that I'm working with right now, uh, her name's Katrina, and I just blanked on her last name, but she was on that show 30 Rock for, for a long time. She's young, beautiful, blonde-haired girl. Um, oh, did she play? Yeah, she played one of the assistants. Yes. Oh, I loved her. She played and, Ditsy Assistant Girl. And so, yes. you know, she's coming from big TV and, you know, primetime and doing daytime now, and she's, you know, she's killing it. She's doing really, really well, but she That's knows great. how much work it is, and she yeah. shows up so prepared. That's awesome. We had, like... Five scenes together, um, you know, in one day recently, and she's just she's off book and she's completely there and she's she shows up prepared and it takes a lot of work. And the thing that, that kills me is these guys that have been on the show, for, like John McCook, who's been on the show for thirty two years. Um, he can look at a, a scene where he has like four pages of dialogue, look at it like one or two times, and it's in He's his head. It. I'm like. How did you just do that, dude? Yeah, He's like, practice. it's a muscle, dude. Totally. You'll, you'll, yeah, you'll you'll figure that out. And I have like now, I, I hear actors that are like, I'll show up for an audition, and we got ten pages the night before, or seven pages of sides, or like three or four scenes. And they're like, dude, can you believe that they gave us ten pages the night before? I'm like, buck up, buddy. 
This is the big time. This is not, you know, you're yeah. not doing, you're not doing like a high school play right now. Nothing to put that down, but you know, this is the big time. You're in Hollywood auditioning for a multi, multi, multi-million dollar movie or a, a big sh- show, you know, with seasoned actors and yeah, they give you 10 pages. Show up prepared, mm-hmm. nail it, and don't complain about it because mm-hmm. it gets way harder than this. So, it, yeah, that, that muscle is, I'm developing that, and that, <laughs> that feels really good. I hear you talking about commitment, too, which is something we don't always like to talk about, but if you want to be going after these dreams and these passions, it requires commitment, which means you're going to have to sacrifice. Like, if you're going to be studying and acting and getting coaches, investing in yourself, mm-hmm. it means you're giving up other stuff. You're giving oh, yeah. up time, hanging out with friends, just, like, hanging out, doing nothing. It means, like, you you have to be in the gym. You have to be going to bed early. You have to be watching what you eat. You're exactly. doing all this stuff because you're investing in this. So I think it's it's awesome, dude. My, my hope is our listeners hear that and go, all right, if you really want something and you're not getting it right now, what do you maybe need to do differently? I think it's a lot of it's commitment, you know, and commitment not just to do it, but to do it on the highest level and to be your best at it and to never stop learning and stop putting work into it. Um, people come here to Hollywood all the time. I see these U-Haul <laughs> trucks pulling up and these kids or, you know, whatever, yeah. um, coming here and I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be a star. First of all, and then, People always ask me when I go and talk to school kids or whatever, um, you know, what's the biggest piece of advice? And I, and I tell them, do it because you love the work. Yeah. This is this is what you want to do no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And, and that's it. If you're coming here to be famous, you will hate this. Mm. If you're coming here because you want to be go to big parties and, and that's what your ends are, you will hate this game. You will hate this job. You will hate the audition process because the audition process is a job. Getting the nose yeah. is the job. Rejection's part um, of the job. Right. And then it's like Ron Howard says, when you book work and you get to show up on set, that's the payment. Your job is to audition and put out, put out your best work and then you book some work and you get to go work. That's, what, that's your payment. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember him saying that. But... Um, yeah, and then people say they get here. Oh, I'm going to give it two years. I'm going to give it two solid years. I'm going to try my hardest for two solid years, and I will tell them, pack up your stuff and beat it. Because <laughs> yeah. I know guys that have been here that are incredible actors that I see in acting workshops or little tiny plays on on Santa Monica Boulevard or something at some of these little theaters, like uh, twenty seat theaters. And um, I'm like, oh my god, these are great actors, incredible, like blowing my mind. Like how did Whoa, and they haven't worked, and they've been here eight years, and they haven't booked anything, maybe uh, one line on this or you know something like that, and and they haven't worked, and they're like, well, man, I'm still here, and because I love it, because this is yeah. what I want to do, and yeah, and I hear those people that come here, I'm gonna give it two years, three years, man, if I don't do it in three years, I'm out of here, you, then there's, you might as well quit now. You gotta be willing to do it for free. Ne- you'll never know. Yeah. You'll never know how long it takes. Maybe you'll never break out and be the star yeah. that you think it is. What is what is success in this yep. business? You know, people have to ask themselves all the time, you know, what is success in this business? Now, success to me is getting to be a working actor yep. and getting to um, feed my family yep. and clothe myself, my kid, yep. my wife, you know, whatever, and pay for my home. That's, to me... Yep, that's success. Yeah, to me, success. Some people are like, oh, I'm not successful unless I'm, I'm the guy on the billboard. And, you know, Brad Pitt, well, there's only one Brad Pitt. Yeah. Those guys are like that point zero 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 whatever yeah. percentage. Um but yeah, you have to do it because you love it. And you have to never stop working at it. And all this sounds so cliche, but it's true, yep. uh, especially in this, because the rejection is insane. And how you deal with the rejection every day, hearing no, 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 not even exact. You know, it's it's about getting to yes, and it's about how many no's you're gonna hear before you get to yes. And the thing is, is that people come to this town because. Um, from all over the world, you're the best looking person at your high school, or you're the prom queen, or you're the, <laughs> you won Miss Teen um, Pennsylvania, or, you know, you're the high school qu- quarterback jock that everybody said was going to be the greatest guy ever. You know, all, all those people are here from all over the world, from every neighborhood, every state, town, city, whatever, whatever in, in the world come here. So you're competing against all those guys. And these most of these people have grown up never hearing no, never being rejected. Oh, yeah. Good point. Never, never knowing what it was like to be, you know, 
just get the door slammed in your face over and over because everything's always worked out for you. And I see those people all the time in acting classes or auditions or, um, you know, people, and it eats them up. And they end up saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. And they pack up their stuff and they leave. And those same U-Hauls that, that I said I saw packing up, I see them <laughs> pull up to the here. same apartments and those same guys putting their stuff up. Oh, man, dude, I just never, I never heard yes, dude. It never, it never, um, you know, I didn't book any work. I couldn't, I couldn't get to yes. Well, you got to fight through all those yeah. no's and, and figure yeah. out how to, how to deal with those because the rejection is hard. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, too, means you have to say yes to yourself. you got to start making stuff. You know, like you're not sitting around waiting for opportunities to come to you. You also have to write things. You also have to put things out there and make things happen, too. Because I was thinking about back in the day when you were talking about your non-interest in TV and look how interesting TV has become, right? Oh, yeah. TV, the, best, the best stuff, I think, is on TV right yeah. now. We were talking about that show Fleabag right before oh, we started. Oh, my gosh. This. Love that and show. How, how just, like, obsessed I am with, with that and, the, and that all the actors and that and the writing and everything. And they just think it's, it's brilliant. Or, like, yep. Narcos or, you know, these shows that I'm just so into. Uh, Big Little Lies. What is it? Uh, um, yeah, Big Little Lies. Big, Big Little Lies. HBO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep's doing TV. We have, yeah. we have bona fide, huge blockbusting movie stars yeah. doing TV. Because it's so cinematic. And, and the stories so are so good. good. Right. Yeah. And right. they're expanding. Like, these story, the universe is expanding. So, you know, YouTube and podcasting and, and, and Instagram. And there are opportunities and, now to yep. create your own content and For to sure. do interesting things. Yep. My cousin, she is 23 years old. She just moved here uh, like nine months ago to act. And she's like, well, what do you, and she always comes over to my house to run lines with me or to help me put myself on tape or I run lines with her for her auditions. And she's like, well, what do you think I should do? I'm not getting anywhere. I'm like, get a camera and some friends and go create some cool stuff. Yep. You know, put it on YouTube, put it on Instagram, do, do little one minute freaking short projects, yep. two minutes, whatever you can do and, and put them out there, but be creative because there are there's so many opportunities to be creative right now and all that is just sharpening your skills for when you you know if you if being in film or TV is your end goal when you get there and you might end up making a living on YouTube or Instagram or whatever I know guys that do I have a buddy that's that's a YouTube star that makes crazy amounts of money so crazy and um yeah those opportunities are just there now to be creative and just flexing that part of your brain and i'm always trying to do that with you writing producing acting um photography i have a, a youtube channel now yeah yeah that, that i talk about street photography because i'm super I passionate love that you about started that i forgot to tell you i watched the um watched a couple of them i watched one of your santa monica ones your oh, pride for, one your okay. france one yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll was, put some of those links in the show notes for you please, all. Please, that, that'd be cool. But yeah, that's another thing where I'm like, okay, if I'm not on set yeah. acting or I'm not writing, I'm out shooting photos yeah. or I'm out doing this this YouTube channel. Yep. Who, I mean, I don't have a ton. I just started it two months ago, but I have like, I don't know, four or 500 subscribers. And um, But it's about something I really love doing. And you do it for you. You do it because you want to have an outlet. You want to tell a story. Right, exactly. You want to promote your... I mean, you did a video or a tutorial, like a gear tutorial on one of the things, too. I'm yeah. like, dude, this is great. And I get to uh, talk about something I'm really interested yeah, in. And then also, awesome. I've gotten to learn how to use Final Cut, uh-huh. <laughs> which has been so cool. Awesome. Uh, learning how to put things together. I'm like, okay, now what can I make with this? How can I make, make like a little short film or something with some of my buddies? I, some of my buddies just happen to be huge freaking stars but you know and then but we always sit around saying like oh dude let's do something let's let's uh let's make, sure. let's make some let's make like dude what about this idea my buddy jesse garcia hit me up this morning saying like hey dude, is he in um, town yeah he just finished shooting narcos so he's on this upcoming oh, dude, se- season of narcos yeah uh series regular on it uh, along with my other buddy julio cedillo who's just who was on last season who plays that big heavy cop who had a Diego Luna shotgun point. Oh, my God. So I so I met Jesse. You mentioned your son's baptism. I met Jesse there because he was being, he was the photographer at that event. Mm-hmm. And he told me about his film. Yeah, he's, this is a dude that works all the time yes. as an actor. He was a series regular on um, 
Uh, Sci-Fi Channel, right? No, on El Rey Network. El Rey, that's for, right. Um, till Dust Till Dawn. Till Dust, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. And then now he's on Narcos. But that's another guy who went for many years, for quite a few years, where he struggled a little bit, man. And he just wasn't booking the work that he was when he started. And he stuck it out. And he stayed passionate and, and really kept cranking and cranking. And then he got Dust Till Dawn and had a good, like, four-year run on that. And then um, now he's on Narcos and, you know, just keeps... Huge. Keeps churning them out and, and he loves making little short movies and in photography yeah. and stuff yeah. so he hit me up and he's like dude let's let's do something dude, do it with him oh, i yeah, should text sure. him out where does he live does he live nearby uh like west side okay dude that's west great side. but um awesome yeah it's just flexing that muscle and yep. staying interested and staying creative and that's what i'm all about doing and surrounding yourself with positive people that's another thing because you can get mired down in this town with people that aren't working and they pump that negative stuff out there and you're like okay I don't I, you can't let that stuff into your atmosphere because yeah. you will be eat up with it and one thing for me that I've always tried to do is surround myself with people that are doing a lot that are working a lot are um, you know successful at what they do because it makes you work harder and they don't bring you down mm-hmm. and they're positive and you want to surround yourself with positive people um you know, because you have to keep that morale up. You have to. You have to keep that that positivity up. Yep. There's. It's interesting. There's so many. I mean, there's so many negative people and negative comments that can take us down. But I've also found another interesting part of what gets me down is people who do a lot of talking that seems great. Like they do a lot of dreaming and talking, but they never put deadlines or they never mm-hmm. actually get something on the schedule. And that's one thing I've had to like recognize that in order for me to feel like I'm moving forward, I can't just talk about those things in a positive way. I also have to get it on my freaking calendar mm-hmm. and make something happen. So I think that's also part of the brave maker journey. Say, yeah, definitely. Deadlines are important. Yep. We set deadlines or we set definite writing schedules when we're writing together. Okay, these are the days we're going to write this week. These are the times, mm-hmm. and we stick to them. And you have to do that because mm-hmm. otherwise, I'll end up cleaning house or something. Yeah, or on social media or whatever. Look yeah, burn, <laughs> I, you know, I think social media has its place. But um, the best part of my year this year is the month that I deleted Instagram from my phone, um, and I loved it. I loved being off Instagram. I love not looking at that thing and mm-hmm. and, and stuff. But um, yeah, social media is a is a big sucker of time. <laughs> time suck. It is. And I think to myself, when I look at how many hours a week I spend on social media, because your phone has that way of, you know, it yes, shows you. Dude. like yes. and humbling sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, all that time I could have been, yep. I could have been writing a script or developing an idea or shooting yep. photos or working on my, my vlog or yep. doing something but you get nothing out of looking at Instagram. Nothing. Maybe some inspiration sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get mm-hmm. some inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it is. You said the word humbling. It is. <laughs> so on that note, I'm going to take some um, Insta stories of us. Uh, uh, but on the real, we, um, we encourage you to find us on social media. Follow along. Uh, I think one thing we can do is encourage other people's work. So when you follow Jeremy or follow the Brave Maker podcast uh, and all of the stuff we're doing. Just let us know what you think. Uh, share this podcast with other people. Tell us what you are making and how we can encourage you because that's one thing why Brave Maker is here is we're trying to help you bravely make your work come come to life. Right, and one thing I... Um, people don't always believe it's me, but yeah, if you ask me questions on social media, uh, nine times out of ten, I will respond and, and um, you know, take a look at your stuff that, you, that you're... Tony's pointing his camera at me and I feel weird Um, or try and answer questions like uh, on my YouTube channel um, it's called Jeremy Valdez Street Photography like I love discussing photography or the creative process or you know things like that so that that, you know if you have questions whatever hit me up mark your calendar for the 12 pups of Christmas coming out this holiday season Um, and watch the bold and the beautiful detective hottie I'm gonna hashtag detective hottie right now that's gross booty booty Uh, (laughs) alright dude Uh, much love to you you too brother thank you so much for for bringing me on here yeah for um, sure oh so this is where I ask you what do you want to be a correspondent oh yeah totally Totally, because I have so many friends. Come that on. I think we could, we, yes. could, we could get some interesting um, 
dialogue. I'd like for your listeners to maybe hit you up with some information. Like, what are the stories? What do they want to hear? What do they want to hear? What are you guys interested in hearing? Who are you guys interested in, in listening to? Uh, directors, writers, producers, actors, okay. um, photographers, musicians, uh, songwriters, singers. You know, I, I know them all. <laughs> we, you know, we have, we have a pretty deep pool of, of some pretty cool people to... Uh, to uh, interview and, and get some interesting stories. Uh, are you interested in maybe some how-to things? Mm. You know, um, whether it's writing or, you know, any of the things we mentioned, you know, we can we can discuss some of those topics. Those would be neat to... I think know. that would be really cool, dude, if we could get yeah. you getting some of your friends who are here in L.A. talking about how they do their work process-wise, all that stuff. Because everybody does have their own... Yep. Everybody has their own... Everyone. Their own way of doing things, yep. and their own journey, their own process, everything. Yep. All right, cool. That's it. Check the show notes for all the links we talked about and all the social media handles. And you please uh, link, uh, follow, and subscribe and share this link with your friends. And uh, thanks for listening. See ya. Thank you, buddy. See ya. BraveMaker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend.